let's get this bitch. We're kind of, no, we're leaving that in so your dad knows <laughs> that you cuss too. <laughs> I don't cuss as much as you. You do. Nuh-uh. You cuss more than me, actually. You are blue dabu dee dabu dee What? I'm just a little saint child. What does that even mean? You're blue. You <laughs> curse up a blue cloud around this house. <laughs> anyway. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to. Voyage to First Vintage and Happy Easter. We're your hosts, oh. Danielle Frost. That's me. And James Frost. That's me. That's you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Carrying your weight around here. I hope you guys had an awesome Easter. We are really enjoying ours so far. (laughs) We did a bunch of yard work because it's beautiful outside. And Mm -hmm. we're stuck inside because we're staying home. We're not stuck inside. We're stuck at home. Which is where you should be. Yeah. Stay home. Wear a mask. Don't be a prick. (laughs) We're not here to tell you about that stuff. You already know. At least I hope you do. We're just having fun with it. Yeah, you gotta find the silver linings. That's the one thing that I've been trying to do this entire time because otherwise you just get bogged down in all the depressing shit. Who sneezed on who? (laughs) So stop sneezing on me. Sneeze into your the crook of your elbow. I I do. It's just you always sitting next to me, so I sneeze on you on accident. (laughs) We're here to do an update today. Yeah, (laughs) we've been pumping out the interviews. We thought that it was probably time to go ahead and give an update because we, you know, being stuck at home, safe at home, not stuck at home. Yeah, we're not stuck. We're not stuck. Being at home, taking it easy. That's right. Trying to weather the storm. That's right. And kicking ass at our podcast stuff kicking ass well not at... really we're currently recording this at seven twenty-five p.m easter sunday and it's yeah the come day before it's supposed to come out um in that's about beside five the point. hours okay we have planned to be kicking ass at our podcast we've got a good roadmap yeah that's right out. yep last week or, yeah this last week james and i sat down for like three hours we had our first official voyage to first vintage meeting which yep. was probably long overdue, if we're being honest. Yes, if we're actually going to be serious about this. Not that we need to be, like, corporate about it, but we at least need to touch base with each other and sit down and plan yeah. out some things every yeah. once in a while. I mean, we live together, but I feel like you got to set aside time to be like, okay, here's what we're going to talk about, and this is the stuff that we need to go over. Well, because... just what direction are we heading in with it? Yeah. And not just keep doing stuff just to do stuff. If Mm -hmm. we want to actually make this a decent thing and have a path for it. Yeah. We have to spend some time, put some more effort into it. Mm -hmm. Outside of, I mean, we put plenty of effort into making some episodes, but into having a plan for how we're going to go about keeping doing things. Yeah. While I work 68, (laughs) 69, 70 hours a week. Yeah. At least I'm paid hourly. I did a little work trying to reach out to TTB and ABC, which is the, um, I don't even know what TTB stands for, to be honest. They're basically... I don't know. Oh, come on. You know it. I know it. Tobacco Tax... Tobacco Alcohol Tax Bureau, something like that. Basically, they're the ones that are going to tell us, well, they should be, the ones that tell us... They're the federal permitting people. Yeah, which permits and licenses we need. However, when I reached out to them, although they were very nice, they were not at all helpful. I don't know if I just like. We'll probably want a 1720. Yeah, okay. And so when I called the ABC, which is the Alcohol Bureau of California, Alcoholic Beverage. Oh, okay. 
Anyway, of California. But it's, yeah, it's the California side of things. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think I need a 1720 license. It sounds like that's what we need. We did, you know, I did like, a little bit of oh, research. Oh, you don't need to do anything with the TTB. Oh, no. They did say that I needed to register with the TTB and okay. the FTB, yeah. whatever that is. I don't know what those are. Probably a federal trade route. You They're need to do something. They're both federal. Yeah. But she was also like, oh, no, the 1720 licenses are only for liquor licenses, which I think is incorrect. If but we're going to have a tasting room, we need a liquor license. No, for like liquor store license. Like oh. people who have liquor stores, yeah. they have those licenses. Yeah, well, we'll but figure it out. We're we can ask some out. people who've actually gone through the process what licenses they have. Yeah, that's exactly what they told me to do. <laughs> They're like, go call somebody who's done this before because we're the professionals who are supposed to be able to help you You and assist you in this process yes but just go to talk to someone who's already got a business (laughs) open and they'll tell you yeah i think oh gee thanks we were talking to somebody somebody who had a winery i won't disclose names right now whoops sorry um but i was talking to somebody who had a winery and they're like yeah that's not at all surprising yeah <laughs> but they weren't very helpful yeah. i was like oh well <laughs> good <laughs> at least i'm well, going in the dir- right the direction they now. are our friends we don't want to get on the government's bad side oh but yeah they just have at least those the people that we were able to get a hold of or you were able to get a hold of were not yeah. the most helpful to be fair it like, sounded like the lady that i had talked to with the abc it sounded like she was fairly new okay so well, I'm not saying like they were doing a bad job. It's no. just like maybe it's a more unique request than we thought it would yeah. be. Yeah. So, so they're like, uh, maybe just go and touch base with someone who's done it before. Yeah. But you'd think, at least you'd hope, that when you call a place like that, like a government entity, you say, hey, I've got a question about this thing. They could be like, oh, here's my reference sheet. Here's yeah. all you. Here's what you need to know at least to get started. Yeah. You would think that that would be the case but it is not and that's fine we'll find a way to make it work but so the reason why i was talking to the ttb and the abc in the first place all these federal and in state uh, licensing programs organizations was because we have decided that we are going to do custom crush already we had already decided that but we are finally getting rolling on everything yep so it sounds like next year, not this har- not this harvest, 2020, but, the- but possibly 2021, we'll have something in the works. Something else that we talked about was finances for Custom Crush. And we actually talked to a winery about Custom Crush that we might get to work with. Um, everything's in very early stages, so not going to name drop anything just yet. Yeah. But the person that we talked to said... Well, he gave really great advice. So the first thing he said was... We should have just asked him if we could have him on the podcast. Yeah, and maybe we will, to be honest. I'll, I'll reach yeah. out to him and see. Maybe um, further down the road to give everyone a good insight into yeah. what we're going to be doing. Yeah. So one of the first things that he said was that what we're looking to do for Custom Crush is, you know, 300 to 400 cases of wine, right? Yep. And he said that that was actually pretty small. So if you think about it, there oh, yes. are 12 bottles of wine in a case and we're doing 350-ish cases. Four, yeah, cases of wine. So, and How that's small. How many bottles small. is that? Guys. How many I, bottles I don't know, is that? I don't do math. 3600. Okay. 50 times 12. Everybody just 600. tuned out of our podcast. Nobody's listening to us. How now. many is that? Five listeners just forty one hundred bottles. They're not coming back. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Forty one hundred bottles. Okay. That one's for you, Bill. It's a lot of bottles. <laughs> 
Bill, James's dad, and James. My partner in uh, spreadsheet crime. <laughs> yes. We were just talking. <laughs> and just by spreadsheet today. crime, I mean love of spreadsheets. Yes. We were just talking earlier today about how they love numbers and spreadsheets. And now you have to tell the story about uh, your dad and going to the bars. Oh, we'll need to have him on sometime to tell it. But as I've heard it a couple times. It's my favorite story, he to be honest. and my Uncle Neil, they'd go out to a bar, have a few drinks, get something to eat. And they'd find someone at the bar to challenge for a bet. And the bet would be they'd give the guy, the other person a calculator and they would go to add up the other person's tab. And the other person would have the calculator and they would race my father just doing the math in his head. And then they'd include whatever percent of tip on top to make it a little more challenging. <laughs> and as I've heard it, as I've been told, my dad never lost. <laughs> And so the the end of the bet would be if my dad won, the other person would pay their bill. Mm -hmm. And if he lost, they, my uncle and him would pay the, the other person's, person's bill. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good way <laughs> to go awesome. get a quick free meal and maybe a beer or two. Yeah, that's funny. That's my favorite story. I love that. So anyway, how many how many bottles of wine was that? 4,100. 4,100. So right? I, don't, I don't know. Oh yeah, my so gosh. Okay. So we're shooting to make about 4100 bottles of wine and mm -hmm. that is small <laughs> for custom crush that is yeah apparently yeah. yeah oh so we should probably explain what custom crush is custom crush custom crush is defined in <laughs> oxford dictionary as noun <laughs> i didn't yeah. think about that for a second jesus so basically custom crushes for just using us as an example it's a good way to give a description yeah. of it we would set up a purchase agreement to buy some fruit the fruit being grapes that's just what we call it in the biz. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so we'd set up a purchase agreement to purchase X amount of fruit. And then we'd set up also most likely through whoever's picking it for us to send it to a winery mm -hmm. who would, via one track or another, produce the wine via, to our specifications. Yeah. And we may need to be very involved, a little less involved. Most likely we would give the parameters we want and the specifications for the wine. We might provide barrels we'd provide labels bottles corks all those things yeah because there's and a couple different ways that you can make there are a lot wine. of different options yeah so we would provide our roadmap basically and what they do is they use the expertise of their winemaker mm -hmm. to make sure things are going the right way and then their labor to get us the final product that we want yeah and then some places do help bottle some places just send you barrels of wine mm -hmm. but that's basically store. what custom crushes we wouldn't have our own winery we'd be using a facility of someone else to go through the winemaking process and make that happen yeah so that's what we're trying to make happen 4100 bottles <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a lot. <laughs> 4,100 If you think about it, 100 bottles of wine, that's a bottle a night every third day for the year. Yes, that's a lot of wine. And that's just an extra over 4,000. I would not advise us to make custom crush wine and just keep it and just have that be our wine. <laughs> and just yeah, drink not it. to do that much. <laughs> no, but the way it's going to work out is we'll probably make five tons worth of wine. Five tons of fruit. Mm -hmm. Worth of wine. Yeah. 
five tons of fruits worth. Yeah. Yeah. And our first year of custom craft, probably have it be red. Second year. Oh, red wines. Yeah, yeah. red varietals, red uh-huh. wine. And then the second year, we might expand to maybe six, seven tons, mm-hmm. and have the extra ton or two be white so that those whites will then be ready as those first from our second year those white will be ready as those first year's reds mature and are ready for sale yeah and that's because whites don't need to spend a lot of time in the barrel is that right not as much time they don't need as much bottle aging before they're kind of settled gotcha reds need a little bit more time to calm down they're feisty a little bit yeah that's kind of how it is i mean I'm sure there's some real technical way to put it, but that's just what it is. Whites, typically the turnaround for drinkability is sooner. Gotcha. And reds, the turnaround's longer, but they'll last a little longer in the bottle. There are some whites that can last as long as any red in the bottle, but typically whites are ready to drink sooner. Gotcha. Yeah. That's kind of, that's a very big generalization. Because it all depends on varietals and the wine making process when they're picked, mm-hmm. what the you know sugar and acid and all these different levels are, but that's you know the a, general rule. a general like a rule of thumb, but it's a very broad, wide, yeah, general thing. It's not so the varieties that we're looking at are Zinfandel Faux Show because yep. I love I love a Zin, it's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and what about a Primitivo? Primitivo is the same thing as a Zin. Oh, damn. thought I was going <laughs> to get you with that one. But it's basically like, um, I don't know, it's a, just a different thing to call it. And it might be a different style of winemaking to go with it. Like I don't know. To, if you call it's it a Primitivo, grape, you it? treat it this way. If it, you call it a Zinfandel, you treat it that way. It's the same grape, it's the same though, right? grape. Yeah, yeah. So Zinfandel is definitely on our list. And we were just talking to your mama about... Portuguese Vino Verde. Vino Verde. We've that seen it. Good. I've never tried it. I haven't tried it and either. That's not just a varietal. That's a typically a blend thing. Uh, I think. Okay. I think. I don't know. We should look at in in our uh, wine folly book. Yeah, we should do some research. <laughs> if you guys want to know about probably most of the varieties, if not all of them, Dottie, <laughs> stop rubbing your butt on the microphone, Dottie. Come here. You can hang with me. But anyway, so if you guys want to check out a book that has most, if not all, varietals of grapes, and you just want to read up on what the difference is between the grapes, Wine Folly? What is this? They have lots of good information on wines. Wait, hold on. Let me let me say the full name of it. It's called, well, we have the Magnum Edition of Wine Folly Master Guide by Madeline Puckett and Justin Hammock. Mm-hmm. So but it's go got lots of information out. on, well, everything from varietals to color identification, label. all those things. Yeah, like how rare a, a wine is. and Yeah, how much, how many acres there are in the world of it yeah. and stuff like that. It has everything in here. It's neat. It's, really it's like cool. a mini encyclopedia. Yeah, and it's reader friendly. It has all sorts of graphs and maps. and yeah, it's very visual. It's not yeah. just words. words. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's why Danielle likes it. If it was That's just right. words, I she would have hated it, it. Yeah, it would have gone to the wayside by now. Yep. <laughs> it would be in the burn pile. Yep. Because Danielle <laughs> likes burning books. I don't burn books. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah, yeah, so that's something else that we're thinking about is other reds that we can also... Well, the Vino Verde is a white. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Vino Verde is a white. Zinfandel is a red. So we're looking for... Maybe one or two more reds, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're looking some, at. Something fun, not like light 
but lighthearted. Something that's not like a super serious varietal. Yeah. As one of ours would be good. Just so we can let it be tasty. So we think that all this is going to run us about... 34,000 as far yeah, as we can 33 to 34,000 for the five tons. Yeah. So the really cool thing about Custom Crush is that to actually have the, the wine made, you don't have to have any kind of licensing or permits. Yep. They, the Custom Crush facility is supposed to take care of all that for you. All yes. the doing business ads. You just have to make permits. sure in your agreement that that's part of it. Yeah. And also it's it's part of the Well it's part of them being a licensed a, and bonded wine or wine facility or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah. Right. But we're looking to actually sell this wine, so we need to somehow figure out how like we're we going were talking to talking about with the T T B and the A B C. Yeah. How we're going to get the wine from the well, crush. Our permitting, sorry. Huh? I jumped in, I was saying our permitting, but you were tackling a different part and I thought you were tackling the part I was Oh, sorry. No. No sorry. I was talking about the entire process of okay, our wine's made. Now we have to figure out how well it's not made yet, but say our wine is made. We yes. have to figure out how to get it to another wine bonded premises. premises. Yep. And that just means it has like the specific licensing to be able to hold or sell the wine, right? Yep. And then from there, we have to figure out how we are going to distribute it to customers who want to purchase our wine. Mm -hmm. so, so if anyone has a wine bar that wants wine in like three years, let us know. <laughs> if you're looking. If you're looking for like 300 cases, we can do that. <laughs> we got you covered we'll, here. We'll cut a deal up front. So that's actually a good point that I didn't think about is that we don't really have to worry about trying to sell our wine for like a good until it's ready years. to sell but we need a plan in place of course i'm not saying you're wrong i agree with we shouldn't put that on the sideline no i'm just saying like by the time we start shelling out the thirty four thousand dollars you mean yeah and the next year it's going to be another you know 33 34 to 40 something thousand dollars yeah <laughs> yeah yeah before we start shelling that out we better have an idea what the fuck we're doing you heard it he cussed on here <laughs> danielle just edited in her doing my voice saying <laughs> <Shut "Fuck."> no. <laughs> we're just talking about how james doesn't say james doesn't talk like that on the podcast <laughs> doesn't talk like what Oh, you know. Like you. Cussing up a storm. Danielle's got the mouth it? of a gosh dang sailor over there. <laughs> what did you call it at the beginning of this podcast? You're like, you're blue dabu dee dabu die. Yeah. You're <laughs> blue dabu dee dabu die. And I'm a saint. I've also been looking into wine making courses, which yep. I'm really excited about because, mm -hmm. you know, we're all trying to find the silver linings of being in quarantine and being safe at home and... I think not quarantine social isolation oh social isolation yeah working from home because neither of us are sick no I mean, we're not none quarantine, of us are, technically yeah, we're not quarantine it's just we're doing our part with the whole self-isolation thing yeah i still work in the field but i'm not very close yo, contact with people what i said yo ag workers yeah uh danielle still goes to work three days a week but they've got to set up so i can work that's like home. half the people are in the lab at a time yeah well that's right? just one discipline that's for that's just for dna oh yeah but oh. like so you aren't around many people yeah, yeah and, then and we're doing... i am blessed and get to work from home so that's yeah. really nice so you're looking at different possible winemaking like certificate courses yeah. online well 
I'm at home, you know, not while I'm working, of course, but I'm working shorter days while I am at home. So, mm -hmm. you know, I work 7 a.m. to 12 p.m. So noon to whenever you get home from your long day of work. 6.30 or 7. <laughs> yeah. I could be doing work on my, on my courses. Oh, just wait. It's going to be 7.30 or 8. Sometime. Oh, gosh. I know. This is the real world, people. <laughs> this is this is production ag. Yep. This is when how it When things pick up, it picks up. Yep, James is at the door around 6.30 a.m., sometimes yeah, earlier. I'm, I'm out the door by 6-ish, 6, 6, 6.15 at the latest. And that's just because it all doesn't get light until 6.30. Yeah, well, then then you're home at like 6.30 or 7. Yeah, or I've been doing like, later. if you count the work at home, I've been doing 12, 12 plus hour days the yeah. last week. Yeah. Saturday was my shortest day, and I think that was eight, eight and yeah. a half hours. So if anybody out there is thinking about joining us and starting a winery, well, this is, <laughs> this is different. The total production vineyard stuff that I'm working myself, that I'm very active in, that's like four or five hundred acres. That's true. A production, and there's yeah. development and stuff. So it's a pretty big thing, and there's you know ten tractor operators, mm -hmm. a whole handful of supervisors. So there's a lot of contract labor. That my boss takes care of, thank God. <laughs> so, but it's me with ten guys, and we're just running. This was our first good week of weather, so we just took advantage of pedal that. to the metal this yeah. week, this yeah. coming week. Even tomorrow, my plan is a little less intense, a bit more aesthetic stuff, mowing down weeds and things, prepping for our first sprays. So this week shouldn't be as bad. Yeah. But I feel like from here through, I don't know, end of September, it's going to be probably sixty-hour weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are long, long days. Yeah. We'll get through it, though. But that's what pays the bills. That's right. That's how I learned. That's right. You get 60 hours in the classroom a day. <laughs> or not a day, a week. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 60 hours a day. 60 hours a day. Oh, what a... And I was over here like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I wanted to read an email because Ann Wofford, if you guys remember, we interviewed her. Her interview came out two weeks ago today, when this, by the time this podcast airs. Uh... Maybe two weeks and a day ago. Oh, yeah. We'll, yeah. See. we'll see. It's uh, currently 8.06 uh, Easter Sunday evening. So if we get this thing out on time, it will be a small Easter miracle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but anyway, so Anna Wofford from Wofford Acre Vineyards emailed us a couple days after her um, podcast was aired. Mm -hmm. Her interview was aired. And I wanted to read it because, of course... As always, and has amazing things to say, and uh, yeah, Full so of I want good to... advice. Oh yeah, and classic witticisms. <laughs> yeah. So here's what she had to say. She said, "Hi, Danielle and James. Hi. I nattered. Huh? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I nattered on for an hour uh, on the podcast and realized I had so much more to say. So please use this in any way you want to as some things to think about to discuss on the well, podcast. We're using it. What? I'm just doing color commentary. Okay, say it when I'm not talking so I can hear Sorry. you. So everybody else can hear you too. They all can hear me. Or as part of a blog. However it helps, if it helps, it is meant to offer more... Oh, it more, does help. It does help. Um, it's meant to offer more perspective on this exhilarating voyage you are undertaking. Our <laughs> voyage to first vintage. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I wanted to address the chuckles and smirks and raised eyebrows you are encountering when you, rightfully enthusiastically, let 
people know that you want to start a winery. I know I was one of those people questioning your decision and truly, it wasn't meant to be discouraging. It's just that every winery owner was once a starry-eyed visionary too. Oh, I totally agree with that. Like, yeah. it's okay that people are like, oh, you're so cute. Like, okay, <laughs> you're gonna yeah, start a I mean, winery. we're what, 25, 26? Yeah. Oh, I was listening to My Favorite Murder because I love My Favorite Murder, the podcast. Yeah. And they were talking about how Oh, it's so cute that these 20-something-year-olds are starting a furniture business. Like, how ambitious are they? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Pick off. <laughs> off. No. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, we're ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would hazard a guess that very few, if any people, have realized that uh, dream following the linear path... Oh, I'm sorry. I t- completely have realized that, that dream <laughs> following a linear path yeah following the linear path that they planned and youthful optimism is so endearing thank you <laughs> well at least we're endearing <laughs> well, apparently no, i'm she... a charmer i know <laughs> i know she's, oh, geez, she's being very serious i'm she just is. being i'm being silly you are being silly. i value her advice as much than anyone else's yeah I mean, they've made their own thing. They made it work their way. Mm-hmm. Anything she's got to say, I'm going to listen. Yeah, right. I'm just being a snarky ass over here, <laughs> yeah. having my fun, Yep. being sarcastic. As as usual. It's the Frost way. It is the Frost way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married into that. i got to learn You should quick. know by now. <laughs> I should know. Okay, I do believe this lack of point A to point Z achievement at the end goal happens in any business. It does seem, though, that there is a mystique and a romance about the wine business that creates a perception that it will be different than setting up a tire store or a shoe store or an accounting office. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't think there is. Because the bottom line is, can you sell your product? And are you willing to put the hours in? That's right. Well, yeah, you need to be able to have a plan. If we, like we were talking with her, if we're going to be the whole three-stage business... Mm -hmm. Remind us of those stages. There's... The agriculture side. Well, it's the three businesses in one. Yeah. But so, it's going to be so putting there's the, the, the agriculture side, the winemaking yeah. side, and the sales, and the sales side. side. Yes. So you can get all bogged down in the details of the vineyards, how much turnaround space at the end of the rows, what kind of grapes <laughs> are appropriate for my vineyard, yeah. and I really want to grow Pinot Noir, but my vineyard is in Somerset, California. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just for me, it will work. It won't. I will tell you yeah. right now. That's not no. in Anne's email, but... <laughs> no. I mean, well, you can grow them. You can grow. You could grow Pinot Noir. I actually Noir. shouldn't say that it won't. I'm sure that they're... But someone we talked to in El Dorado County had processed Pinot Noir fruit. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. But well, so, so the, the deal is say. you could grow a Pinot Noir vine. You could grow a Pinot Noir block. Odds are it probably wouldn't taste as good as an Oregon Pinot Noir because this is the Okay, of yeah, the it might be like, it might it might make wine and it might be like, huh, that's not that bad. But it's not going it to be, repre- it's not going to be very representative of what Pinot yeah. Noir is. Yeah, I agree with that. So okay. you're better off sticking with other varietals that are more suited for the climate. Yeah, the the Rhone, Rhone climate, what is it? Rhone varietals are what some people lean towards in El Dorado County. Yeah. Um, some do. So Rhone is the Rhone Valley in France. Some uh, people do Italian and Spanish or Portuguese varietals. Luckily, California has great climate for those, ki- yeah. those type of varieties. Yeah. So. Okay. 
Remember, it doesn't matter how great your vineyard is <laughs> if you A, don't have a market to sell your grapes in, mm -hmm. or B, don't have customers wanting to buy your wine. Then there's the fun of planning the wine tasting, the winery and tasting facility. Do you want sales to be room, like? man. Sales room. That's right. Not yeah. tasting facility. <laughs> Anne. We've learned well, Anne. It's a sales room. <laughs> Even your parents were calling it a sales Yeah, room. they were. <laughs> That's awesome. They said we, we went up and social distancingly saw Anne at the sales room. Yeah, not the tasting room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want your tasting, nope, your sales room or winery to be cave-like, lots of big windows, tables and chairs, a long tasting counter, or would you rather call it a bar and have people treat you like a bar? It's all in the way you want to say it. You want? Do you want food pairings, windows to look into the cellar, state-of-the-art lab, cha-ching, cha-ching, when Danielle all you really need... state-of-the-art lab, baby. That's what I want. I probably won't get it, though, in the beginning, to be honest. It's we'll fine. make it. We'll make it happen. Yeah, eventually. but here's the important part. All you really need is a barrel top, some glasses, and some really good and a really good salesperson. That's the part. That's the so, takeaway there. And will you come work for us? No, your dad's already free? got that job. <laughs> he said that he would he would yeah. work in the tasting room. <laughs> yeah, he said he wouldn't do a hand printing though. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Okay. Something's better than nothing. Yeah. And I appreciate any help, Father. Yeah. If anybody <laughs> wants to work in our tasting room. And mom, my mom said, "Oh, if you come." If you start making a vino verde, I'll sell the shit out of that. Her direct words, quote. Direct her quote. words. That's, <laughs> that does not count as a curse word for me today. <laughs> the salesperson, quite frankly, is where I would start. Because a good salesperson can sell anything. Tires, shoes, wine, you name it. Because they are filling a desire. The best wine salespeople I know didn't have any sort of wine background when they started. And some of them still don't have a tremendous amount of knowledge about wine in general. What they are good at is finding out what the consumer wants and then filling that want with a product that they are selling. They own that moment in that section of the counter and they're there to help you to select the wine that will make your day, dinner, date whatever better you can buy wine at a grocery store why would you buy it at a winery because someone cared enough to make you a focus that's why party groups drive me crazy <laughs> it is about impossible to find and a focus. not a party person <laughs> oh no she is a party person oh she is a party person <laughs> she does... just not in the winery okay okay yeah, yeah. Not in the sales room. And Danielle's outing you as a party person. Please <laughs> email. She is the life us. of the party. <laughs> if you have anything to say <laughs> against that, we we could definitely use a section that's just called Anne's Corner. Yeah, that's right. She said that uh, party groups drive her crazy because they're too wrapped up in each other, so they aren't buying. And are simply a drain on the salesperson's time and energy. Never forget that in order to perceive the illusion of romance of the wine business, you need to sell a lot of wine. Mm -hmm. Very important fact, a good salesperson has to be a chameleon because at all at the same time, your customers could include... Comma, 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 chameleon. I think you had too many commas in there. Well, I definitely chameleon. did. I just got stuck in a loop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they have to be a chameleon. Yeah, because you have customers that could include two boomer couples. One couple on vacation from the East Coast and one okay, local couple. Boomer. 
I only said that because I know my mom hates it. <laughs> what did you say? I didn't even hear I you. I said, okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. One couple on yes. vacation from the East Coast. Yeah, one local host couple looking for a bottle for dinner. You are the only winery that they visited that day. Can you get the visiting couple to ship some wine home? And will you get a repeat sale down the road with the locals? Okay, your second group is three millennial women out for a girl's day. One goes wine tasting all the time and likes to share her often erroneous knowledge and two Sounds like me <laughs> a couple and yes that can make a difference are mm-hmm. new to wine tasting and you are their third winery how's driving how do you gently correct their the experienced taster i think that you would tell be tell james shut up <laughs> no <laughs> No, we want to sell wine. Remember? That's the whole point of this. Oh, we I'd wanna... buy a bottle from someone who told me to shut up. No, you did not. I said I would. No, you would not. <laughs> Don't lie to people. All right. Third situation. <laughs> a couple with a dog and a baby. Out. The two biggest distractions that you can bring to wine tasting. No one pays, atti- pays attention to anything but the dog and the baby. Expect all conversations to now center around the dog and the baby. Um, I mean, that's true. You know. They're excited about it. That's what they. That's what they have going on in their lives. That's what they want to talk about. So yeah, but how do you sell around that to everyone else in the yeah. tasting room? That's yeah. what she's saying. Right. You're their second winery, and the wife. The wife is no longer tasting. She wants to go. Is getting antsy. The baby is getting fussy, and the husband is very slowly sipping. And then the next situation, or next couple in the winery, or person in the winery yes a single guy in town for business doesn't know anyone isn't and is at loose ends uh, he has no one to talk to except the salesperson and he's lonely and chatty you are the third winery and this can get weird if you're the only staff that day if the only staff that day is a lone female i'm good we'll just put my dad in there <laughs> not to discount what you're saying and i was just being silly yeah because i mean there might be situations where i'm the only one working in the tasting room yeah. You know, so I can totally understand then that. Then you just go three stooges and two finger poke that guy in the eyes. Why did I marry you? <laughs> That's how you know a joke's funny when Danielle says that. <laughs> no. That's how I know I hit it out of the park. <laughs> I love you. All right. Now prioritize how much attention each group gets, keep everyone safe on the road, and sell them at least one bottle of wine. Go. See how there's so much more than just pouring wine in a glass and talking about the grapes that made it. Absolutely, positively. That's what I have to say about that. How much wine have you had to drink? Quite a lot. You're not driving tonight. (laughs) Yeah. No, she brings up a lot of good points. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And honestly... If I was the only person in the tasting room or the sales room pouring wine for people and, mm-hmm. and trying to carry on conversation, I would drown, to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I, it wouldn't be easy, that's for sure. Yeah. I've done farmer's market sale, blueberries, blackberries. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. It's blueberries, blackberries. And there were times where you'd have five or six people trying to do something at once and it's just chaos. Yeah. I did well at those farmer's markets. I did better than my boss expected, but still. Like, I can't imagine that, but mix in alcohol with it. Yeah, right. And double the number of people. Yeah. Because, like, if you have a even a small, you know, there's no saying there might be four cars that arrive at once. And if there's three people in each car, or even two, that's eight people for one person to try and, like, keep up with. Yeah. You know? And I honestly have no experience with that kind of sale. 
Yeah. So, which kind of makes me regret not ever working in, like, you know, any kind of retail business. Yeah, I have helped out pouring at a tasting room or two. Yeah, we we have a long way to go. Okay. Yeah, but uh, what I was going to say is, but I don't think doing, like, six hours of tasting room work really counts as experience. (laughs) It counts, it just... Well, it counts, it's a start, but, like, it doesn't mean I can say that I'm experienced. Right. It doesn't make me think that, like, yeah, we can just have our winery and, like, first day we're open, I'll be slinging cases out the door. Right, yeah. Okay, the email goes on to say, um, in that above scenario is why, in my opinion, the salespeople need to be a winery priority, not an afterthought to fill with friends and family who want to work for wine. Sorry, Dad. (laughs) Danielle and Anne say no. What? Just Anne. <laughs> why, am, why am I thrown into the Because I want to get you in trouble. Okay, that's fine. It's equivalent to sending inexperienced pickers out to harvest, which is not to say that inexperienced people can't be very good. Just know what you're dealing with and their ability to keep that smile pasted on. I don't know why classes in wine sales are not offered at community colleges along with classes in wine tasting. Uh, seriously, there are few people more pretentious than somebody who has taken a class in wine tasting. Like, they're going to use that knowledge in Total Wines, picking out a $15 bottle for Thursday dinner with takeout tie. <laughs> if you must, swirl, sniff, sip, spit, or swallow. It's not that complicated. You like it or you don't. I feel personally attacked by that. <laughs> yeah, Miss Wine Appreciation. <laughs> no, that was an introduction to wine. Oh. Class that I took at Chico State. I'm I totally kidding. What the title was? What? I forgot what the title yeah, of your class. But was. it was definitely a wine tasting class, and I yeah, did. That's feel all it was. <laughs> I know. I just drank wine. It's an day. introduction to wine, but then I just get texts from Danielle while she's in Chico, and I I'd say, "Oh, how was class?" And she'd text back, "Good. I feel really great." I'm like, yeah. And she's like, "Oh yeah, we tasted all this wine today." It's like, oh, oh I see. And I why. walked home from that class yes, every single yes. day. I walked home. She had a six-pack carrier with her tasting glasses in it. Yes, I did. It was awesome. Yeah. I don't actually feel attacked. I'm not even offended by it that. Smells like grapes. <laughs> okay, I have to tell the story yeah, now. Yeah. So, so I'm in my wine tasting class and. The professor has set out a bunch of white wines uh, and spiked each wine infused. with... Okay, infused you each say spiked, of the wines. but that's like what you do like with a punch bowl. You just <laughs> you put alcohol in Throw a bunch of yeah, booze in there. <laughs> okay. So he, at least that's what it sounds like to me. So yeah, that's why right. I always... You're right. So harass. he infused each of the white wines glasses with a different smell or flavor and so our job was to go around to smell each of the wines and say you know and pick out that the strongest flavor that we could smell yeah the strongest scent that we could smell and so you were looking for things like sorry i'm just trying to be helpful thank you you are being helpful um you were looking for scents like green Green like grass yeah grass or green pepper or honeydew melon or those are those are some scents that are are, flower yeah white flower is another one that's you know associated with white wines yeah or like citrus citrus is another there are lots more and i could be wrong about some of these but that's what i'm trying to remember from the sensory class the sensory training i took yeah 
So anyway, so I'm, you know, going around writing down like, mm, grass, that smells like mm, honeydew melon. You know, you just pull from mm, that whatever. That smells like cockroach peanut butter. Mm, I don't think that was one of them. No? Okay. Probably not. And so, <laughs> so he looked across the table just like, I don't know, because I'm nosy. To cheat. I was not cheating. No? I was just okay. looking at what that other girl was writing down. And I swear for each of them, she had written down grapes. <laughs> this one smells like grapes. This one smells like grapes. <laughs> How far in were you? Like four or five? She was well down her list and there were <laughs> at least ten of them there. <laughs> yeah, not, so you're, yeah, mean... yeah, four or five in at least grapes. 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 That one grapes. also smells like grapes. grapes. I, don't know, I don't know what the purpose of this is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the great thing is um, she's not wrong. I know. And the other great grapes. thing is... Every time we say it, I feel like su- like we make that joke when we're out wine tasting. I feel like such a dick. Yeah, because... Because I know everyone in that tasting room has heard it a million times. Mm, this smells like grapes. But to us, it's so funny because that was someone in academic coursework who should have known... Yeah, okay, here's the thing. It was not the first day. Yeah, who should have known <laughs> that they were looking for something other than grapes as a... Scent profile. So they just kept writing grapes. It's like I don't know. I think it's a trick question, guys. <laughs> okay, so in... and there's nothing wrong with that if that is what you smell, but still, it's hilarious. Yeah, and ended this by saying, um, "If you aren't moving wine, your doors aren't going to be open for very long." Yes. Yeah. So that's something that really hit home. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a business." Yeah, it is it's a It's not business. just going to be a lifestyle choice where it's like, oh, we both work full-time jobs and we've got some property. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, if this doesn't make money, we aren't going to do it any longer. Like, right. there's going to be a certain point where it's all going to go down the turlet. Yeah, so we are taking a huge risk with starting this. Laying out the initial cash to get our first year of custom harvesting mm-hmm. or about. Yeah, and I think that we can definitely do it. It's just that there is a huge risk that we're taking, and I I think I kind of forget that because, you know, the whole idea of starting up a winery and starting up a tasting room is romanticized, and it's like these big grandiose dreams, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you you get that that fire going in your soul, Mm -hmm. and you're just like, hell, yeah, I'm going to get this done, but it's... Well, we need that. Oh, yeah, we definitely need that. we're not going to get anywhere without that. That's right. (laughs) But it's humbling. But we also need the, hell yeah, we're going to get this done. But also, do we need to buy new barrel racks? Or should we just buy used barrel racks? That is a good point. Do we need to buy a new sorting line when we have our winery? Or are we just going to go see if we can get some scrap off of Frito-Lay and make something? Shout out to one of our earlier interviews. Yeah, what, call what? back. <laughs> I just thought, do we need to buy new corks or can we use the corks that I've collected? No. <laughs> I'm just joking. Unsanitary. <laughs> just joking. It ain't happening. <laughs> it's funny. I, I really do have hundreds of corks that I've been yes. saving for God knows what art project. I, I have a feeling that like if we're in this house for the next few years, the floor is just going to slowly become cork. That would actually be because really cool. Every, like, third bottle we open, I just chuck the cork down the hallway to have Dottie chase after it. <laughs> Dottie? Oh, oh, and if any of you don't know, Dottie is our cat. We yeah. announced this, like, probably, like, Danielle the first episode. Danielle talks about the cats probably three times an episode. 
And nobody probably knows who they are. Dottie yeah, I edited and out. Booger. <laughs> Dottie and Boog. But Dottie loves a wine cork, especially a champagne cork to play with. Yep, I'm pretty but, sure I have a video of her on our Instagram page. If you want to go look, you know, like you can save memories and yeah. stuff or things that you post on your story. But anyway, back to what we were talking about before the whole tangent here. We do need our fire, but we need to temper it a bit. We need a little bit of We need to be. We need that fire to keep things rolling and to make the long days happen. To burn through those long days. Yeah. But we also need to keep ourselves, our feet planted and ourselves grounded. And be able to make some tougher decisions and not just be like, oh yeah, it's a winery. We might as well have the best of everything. Like the best new of everything. Yeah. Like there's some sure. older things that we could repurpose. Yeah. There's going to be lots of just like, you know, it might not be new, but it's going to work. Yeah, that's how we got to do it. Just how we're going to make it work. Yeah. Or well, it's going to be like we could pay someone to come out here and pound these 2,000 T posts in. <laughs> or James and Danielle are going to get their workout in while Bill and Claire drive around laying out just kicking T posts off a trailer. That's right. Well, we better start wrapping this up because the second half of the recording is now at 40 minutes. All right. We'll so. give the people what they want. Long ass recordings of yeah. us. <laughs> We, um, we had a lot to report on. It's been did. a long time yeah. since we've done one of these. That's right. It's been months, month and a half at least. So we'll keep you guys updated and let you guys know. We'll try and be more regular on these. Yeah. We'll try and do at least one a month, if not more often, of just us giving you an update. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to listen to us for an hour and a half or however long this episode ends oh, up God. being. I hope it's not an hour and a half. <laughs> you can keep closer tabs on us on our Instagram. That's right. Come follow us at, at Voyage to First Vintage. And on Facebook. Oh, and Twitter. Twitter at At Voyage underscore first. Underscore first. We're on Patreon, which is a more interactive direct content site. Yeah, so if you're looking for like... extras and polls and... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If you're looking for a little bit of insight and a little bit of extra content and some fun with us... It provides a way for us to hopefully pay for, like, our podcast hosting and all that stuff. Right. It basically helps us do what we're doing now. So, if you love our podcast, if you can spare, I think the lowest tier is, like, $2. Yeah, there's also $5. There's a $2 tier, a $5 tier. But that's per month. So, we tried to keep it very low. Yeah. With the percentage they take off the top. Didn't make sense to do a dollar because then they'd be taking more of it than we'd got by the end of it. Yeah, that's right. But if you just go to patreon.com and search Voyage to First Vintage, you'll find our page and all the perks that you can get with paying $2 a month, $5 a month. $1,000 a month. (laughs) $1,000 a month if you so desire. Yeah, so if you love our podcast, please reach out and support us. We... I mean, even in the smallest way of sending us an email, message, giving us a review, any little thing of support makes a huge difference for us since we're we're kind of small fry, just doing our own thing here. Email us and tell us about your favorite or worst experience in a tasting room. That's what I want to hear from you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Just email us and put whatever in or the heading. Or comment and... on one of our posts or whatever. I want, an, I want a long story. like. Well, just, yeah, whatever is easiest for them. 
to yeah. be honest. Just let us know one way or another. Tweet at us. Yep. I need to check our tweeter. And we'll we'll share some of those on on the podcast if we ever do get any. Yeah. Yeah. And if nothing else, it's a good learning yeah. experience for us. You guys could help us out by telling us about how some dick treated you in a tasting room. <laughs> and on that it's note. Late. It's been a long day. On that note. <laughs> thank you so much for listening yeah thank you guys so much we really appreciate you guys we um, are enjoying this we love doing this podcast we love learning about wines we love talking to people about their wineries we love, we love... that there are three or four people a month that listen to us talk about wines yeah <laughs> i talked to somebody they told me i won't drop names yet but they told me that they listened to every single podcast episode that we have I know. and it wasn't one of our parents that's that's the more impressive part, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> the, this person did not have to listen to our That's podcast. Right. They wanted to listen to <laughs> They our chose podcast. to. I don't know oh if they wanted to, gosh. but they chose to. That's right. They might have been saying, oh, God, another one. Well, I've listened to all of them so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys no, so much I'm for sure listening. They are in, well, I hope they're enjoying it. Yeah, I hope so, too. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. And um, we'll see you next week with another interview, I hope. We hope. Sounds like we've got one lined up, so. Boop.